live from Studio 67 in Florida's Capital County. It's time to be fackish. Access granted. Good people of Florida, happy second week of session. It is Jared and Sarah back with another episode of Fackish. We are live from uh, Florida's capital city, Capital County, and we just wanted to uh, welcome you guys back and wish everyone a very happy St. Patrick's Day. Uh, I definitely do not have a Guinness in my hand right now, um, but Sarah, how are we feeling today? We're feeling good. It's the best holiday of the year, so what could be better right now? <clears throat> Couldn't agree more, Sarah. <laughs> it is also March Madness. Uh, my bracket has not been busted quite yet. Uh, how about you, Sarah? Who you got uh, winning that all this year? I think it's going to be Duke. Duke? That's Ooh. who you've been hiding from me all this time? I think it's going to be Duke uh, that wins it all. Come on. That's, we all know, that's no fun. We all know <laughs> Duke on. is the best team. Let's be. Evil Empire. No one likes that. I have got the uh, Longhorns of Texas cutting down the nets this year. Um, so, fingers crossed. Fingers uh, crossed on that for you. Now, Sarah, I know uh, St. Patrick's Day is a, a very near and dear holiday to your heart. Um, Want to tell us a little bit about why? <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I have some Irish blood in me. And also, I did study abroad in Dublin for three months. So, Ireland is a second home to me of sorts. But anyways, I guess my question of the week on that is, what is your favorite Irish food to eat. You know, I love a good Monte Cristo, Sarah. Um, there used to be a Bennigan's in Tallahassee, and it shut down, and nothing's been the same since. Haven't been able to get my Monte Cristo fixed. You know, they don't else. have a lot of those in Ireland, which is interesting. And they also don't have a lot of shepherd's pie, which I was very surprised by. Really? I yes. love shepherd's pie. They have too. very specific things, but not like the Americanized. Well, enlighten me, since I'm apparently. Uh, uh, it's just like, well, typical like Irish breakfast foods, right? Like bangers and, <laughs> yeah, beans, uh, sausage, uh, lots of like scones, Maybe biscuits, there's a reason we Americanized that it. That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, no, they're really kind of, I would say the food in Ireland wasn't always the best, but, um. Well, how about you? What's, what's your, uh, favorite? I love a good Irish soda bread. It's like their bread that they have for everything, like soups sandwiches that okay. kind of thing and it's I've like it's a very thick bread it's like almost um i don't know how to explain it like a brown bread it's very delicious with wow. a like nice irish butter so good so delicious i love it and of course guinness is one of my favorite foods <laughs> <laughs> won't argue with you there i'll have to look up what a soda bread is but yes look it up we will get right into the swing of things uh Yes, we, we had a big week this week, right? Very big week. Uh, it was FACS Legislative Day up at the Capitol. So we had representatives from all 67 of our counties coming through to show their support and make their way through the legislature and made their voices heard. Yeah, I would say it was pretty successful. We heard from a lot of state agencies, including Commissioner of Agriculture Wilton Simpson, DEP Secretary Sean Hamilton, the Secretary of Transportation, uh, Jared Purdue and Secretary of Com Commerce, Laura DeBella. And we also heard from Speaker Pro Temp, Chuck Clemens, and Representative Payne. So it they was spoke a to attendees. Slates and, uh, it was a good It was this, a great day. Me. Wednesday yeah. was a great day. Very successful. It was a long day. <laughs> it was a long day. Very long day. But 
we all had a good time up here. And I think we got our money's worth. <laughs> exactly. So with that being said, let's move on to next week. We have a lot going down next week, especially on Monday. I'm going to let Jared take it from here, but lots of bills up there that are a concern for us. Yeah, they are not exactly easing into the week. Uh, they are just jumping right into things. Uh, and back is going to be doing a lot of opposing, unfortunately, on Monday. Uh, that's starting out with HB 235 uh, on alternative mobility fee systems. That's by Representative Robinson. That's going to be heard in the House Local Administration, Federal Affairs, and Special District sub. Uh, we have talked a little bit about this bill the last couple sessions here. And essentially, there are two sessions. There are two sections of the bill that we are concerned by. Uh, the first one would eliminate the county authority to go over the statutory limits for an impact fee increase with the finding of extraordinary circumstances. So even if you have, you know, extraordinary growth uh, in your community, there's no way around those statutory limits if this bill were to pass. Uh, one other concern would be if we were to, let's say, waive or suspend impact fees, you know, for the purposes of economic development. That was something we saw back in the recession in 2008, where counties were waiving impact fees uh, to kind of stimulate development in their communities. There would be no way to get back up, you know, to the standard rate schedule very quickly, if at all, if it goes down to zero. Uh, so we have a lot of concerns with that one. Uh, the second section we are talking about would essentially allow municipal mobility fees to totally supersede um, county impact fees. So let's say a city is already imposing a mobility fee on a development, a county would not be able to levy their own impact fee on the same development. Moving on, we've got HB 731 on local tax referenda uh, by Representative Temple up in the same committee. That bill would require any referendum to extend a local option surtax to be voted on at the general election immediately preceding the expiration of the existing surtax. Uh, FAC will be opposing that one as well. Uh, we have got a committee substitute for House Bill 807. Uh, that's the license to permit or operate a vehicle for hire. And this deals with reciprocity as far as vehicles for hire. Essentially, municipalities could not require permits or licenses or any permit fees or license fees for a vehicle for hire as defined in that bill uh, when that person holds a valid permit or license in the county where the person is living. Uh, and last but not least, within that committee or within that subcommittee, excuse me, uh, we've got HB 975. Uh, we have talked a little bit about this one, uh, and we were initially following the Senate Companion, Senate Bill 798 by Senator Angolia. Uh, this deals with commercial waste franchises. Um, essentially what it would do would be to sunset all active commercial waste franchise agreements at the end of their current contract and would prevent exclusive renewal. So it would force counties who have such a system in place to move toward more of a, a free market system for their commercial waste hauling. And we've got a couple other committees up, Sarah. Did you want to touch on those a little bit? Thank you, Jared. So also on Monday in House Civil Justice Subcommittee at 10 a.m., we have HB 1417, Residential Tennessee's by Representative Esposito up. This bill preempts local governments in establishing anything that regulates the landlord-tenant relationship. It specifically preempts local governments from regulating the screening process used by landlords in addition to 
approving tenancies, the rental agreement application and fees, terms and conditions, rights and responsibilities of the landlord and tenant, disclosures regarding the property, the rental the rental agreement or the rights and responsibilities of the landlord and the tenant and fees charged by the landlord and also notice the requirements. So there's a lot in that bill that we're going to be covering next week. Also in House Ways and Means at 2.30 p.m. on Monday, there is HJR 469 and HB 471, which is the Homestead Exec assessments by Representative Fernandez Barqueen. This bill decreases the annual limitation on increases in homestead assessment from the lesser of 3% or CPI to the lesser of 2% or CPI. This bill has a direct impact of $150 million. FAC is opposed to this constitutional amendment. I think Jared has talked about that one before. And then in Senate Agriculture Committee on Monday at 3.30 p.m., there is another preemption bill up. That is SB 1472, Organic Products by Senator Bradley. The bill prohibits local governments from adopting any ordinance, regulation, rule, or policy to prohibit, restrict, regulate, or otherwise limit the collection, storage, processing, or distribution of organic material products. So, as you can tell, there's a lot of preemptions up on Monday. Also, an important bill that I wanted to mention that is up on Tuesday in Senate Ethics and Elections is SB 1110 term limits. This bill would allow county commissioners to serve for eight consecutive years. This section of law would supersede any term limits imposed by a a county charter as well. So that bill is up on Tuesday. We also had a handful of bills temporarily postponed this week. They were on agendas and ended up not being heard, uh, the first of which was Senate Bill 668, dealing with flags by Senator Collins. Uh, And in its current form, the bill would prohibit local governments from publicly displaying any flags that don't follow the protocol in Chapter 256 uh, of the Florida Statutes. Um, And conspicuously absent from that section would be county seals. Uh, So counties potentially would not be able to fly their own flags if this bill were to pass. Uh, There has been some attempts at getting some amendment language on there. Uh, So we will just have to see how that one plays out if it is heard again. Uh, The second one is big one that is sovereign immunity by Representative Beltran. uh, And that was also temporarily postponed this week. The House version would increase the per person limit uh, for tort claims against the state uh, and you know local governments to 2.5 million per person as well as 5 million per incident. Uh, that is a you know just substantial increase from the current numbers. Um, so you know we're hoping we can get that down to more of a, a reasonable you know appropriate level. <laughs> Exactly. And next up, we had a big bill up for us this week. That was SB 346 public construction by... You've been all over this one, Sarah. Yes, I have. By Senator DeSigley. It passed favorably 6-3 in its first stop, which was Senate Community Affairs on Wednesday. So I know we talked about this one our last committee two weeks ago. So remember, in 2021... HB 53 was signed into law and it amended the definition of public works project as an activity that exceeds one million in value and is that and and that is paid with 
by any state appropriated funds. This law preempted existing local ordinances related to the procurement process for public works projects when any state funds are used. Additionally, the law removed the 50% threshold and applied the prohibition on local preferences to all solicitations that will be paid for with the funding that is state appropriated. Well, and we saw local governments and small businesses really bring up the, uh, you know, cavalry on this one. Yeah. We saw Miami-Dade County Mayor Daniela Levine-Cava uh, come testify on the bill in addition to, you know, Fax's very own Jeff Scala, as well as, like I said, a handful of small business owners. Remember, the House Companion HB 383 still contains language that completely removes that $1 million in value requirement and prohibits uh, the local preferences, small work projects that may be receiving state funding and that are entirely funded by local dollars in the community. There was an amendment on this bill, SB 346, that passed that revised the definition of public works projects as an activity that exceeds 350000 in value and that is paid for with any local or state funds. So therefore, prohibiting the application of these local preferences to certain projects over $350,000. So the bill completely eliminates those preferences for projects, again, over $350,000. Of course, the counties are still not happy with that number, and we're going to be actively working on that bill with all stakeholders involved, as well as our local communities that are impacted by this. There's obviously frustrations. Um, There's a couple other things in the bill that um, we want to work out. But again, this is something that we're closely on. Remember, the House has one more stop, House State Affairs, and the Senate version still has two more committees. So that's, that's what we're working with there. Well said, Sarah. Uh, Moving on, we had a big vacation rental bill clear its first committee on the Senate side this past week. It was previously TP'd, uh, but it is back on track now. There is a preemption in this bill of regulation of advertising platforms for vacation rentals. That's like online marketplaces with reservation systems. Uh, That is preempted to the state under this bill. Uh, In addition, The bill provides statutory authority for local governments to require registration of vacation rentals within their jurisdiction, as well as impose fines uh, for failure to register or to meet the registration requirements. It does stipulate that registration fees may not exceed a nominal amount, uh, $50 for an individual registration or $100 for a collective one. Uh, Some of our counties see that collective number as a little bit low, given that some of these collective registrations may include, you know, 70 to 100 units, potentially. Um, Beyond that, local governments do also retain the authority uh, to regulate parking and garbage for these vacation rental properties, uh, as long as these standards are not applied exclusively to vacation rental properties. So as long as it's kind of an even-handed approach, uh, they are allowed to regulate that. Okay, next up, we had the companion bill for SB 170, the local ordinances bill up. It's HB 1515 by Representative Brackett. It was heard in its first committee stop this week. Again, this bill is substantially the same as SB 280 local ordinances that failed last session. This would allow civil action on ordinances that are considered arbitrary or unreasonable with attorney's fees and prevailing party provisions laid out there. Again, it also lays out a laundry list of things that 
local ordinances have to contain in a business impact statement. And there are some exemptions excluded from this. So we, again, have been following this one all this session and all last year. So that one will be moving through the process. Next up, we had quite a bit of bills in the technology sector. The first one is a broadband public records exemption. That bill is SB 552, Public Records Broadband Opportunity Program by Senator Hooper that passed unanimously in Senate Commerce and Tourism this Monday. The bill creates a public records exemption for certain information relating to communication services, locations, project proposals, and challenges submitted to the DEO under the Broadband Opportunity Program or related to the Federal Broadband Access Grant Program implemented by the department. This exemption does not apply to the department's requirements to publish a description of the proposed unserved areas to be served and the proposed broadband internet speeds of areas to be served on the department's website. This is sunsetted in 2028 unless reenacted by the legislature. And fact staff does have some concerns with DEO on the impacts to both public reporting of broadband projects and internet service availability data to be included in a faster Florida broadband map. So we are on top of this bill, the House Companion HB 1437 by Representative Esposito has not been heard yet. And next up, we had SB 1068 drones by Senator Collins. This one passed nine to one in Senate Commerce and Tourism this week. This bill essentially prohibits a public. This bill prohibits a political sub division from withholding the issuance of business tax receipts or enacting or enforcing an ordinance prohibiting a drone delivery service on the location of a delivery services drone ports. The ports are also exempt from the Florida Building Code and Florida Fire Prevention Code. This bill was also heard on the House side last week, HB 1071 by Representative Duggan. That passed 13 to 3. The bills are both now in similar form. We are watching those. There are some concerns about that as well. Sarah, you are on a roll, so I'm going to let you just keep on going here. Talk to me a little bit about comprehensive waste reduction plans. Yeah, so SB 506, this one was heard last week. It was heard again this week. Again, this bill requires DEP to develop a comprehensive waste reduction and recycling plan for the state by a specific date with requirements in place for that. FAC obviously supported the bill and committee as this is within our guiding principles. And this was previously something that the state has experimented with. We had a statewide recycling goal as of just a couple of years ago. Um, some local governments were struggling to, to meet the recycling goals within this program. And so I think they've kind of revised it to make it a little bit more realistic uh, this time around and, you know, understanding of um, kind of the unique situations that each of our communities are in. Moving on to finance and tax, uh, we saw a second committee substitute for House Bill 3 on government and corporate activism moved through the House State Affairs Committee and now moves on to the House floor. Uh, this bill deals with investment and procurement uh, procedures by both the state and local governments and essentially dictates that any investment decisions or procurement processes um, 
must be driven solely by pecuniary factors. You can't sacrifice investment return to promote any sort of social or ideological interests. Uh, in fact, social, political, and ideological interests are expressly precluded from consideration within the language of this bill. That also extends into bond territory and essentially would prohibit uh, public bond issuers from issuing ESG bonds. Uh, I know a handful of our counties have used ESG bonds in the past for, for financing, um, and so this would potentially impact that. We will be keeping an eye on that one. Uh, Senator Grawls, Senate Companion on that one, 302, was filed recently. It has not yet been heard in committee, um, but like I said, we will monitor both of these. And last but not least, we had a committee substitute for Senate Bill 250 uh, on natural emergencies by Senator Martin heard for the first time. Uh, that was in Community Affairs on Wednesday. This bill would prohibit counties from regulating the placement of temporary shelters on residential property in the event of a natural emergency. It also requires the Division of Emergency Management to prioritize technical assistance in the wake of uh, you know, the same natural emergency. Thank you, Jared. SB 250 is currently moving through the process right now. We do not have a House companion for this bill, but again, that doesn't mean that this language can't be added onto another bill, or we could also see a committee bill come out for this. So I think that wraps up this week's bills. Again, we have a very busy week next week, so I'm sure we'll have a longer podcast for you. But we got some special events next week as well. More county days in the house. We got Broward County... We got Broward County Days and Hillsborough County Day here next Tuesday and Wednesday. We're excited for those. <clears throat> These are always so much fun. We are looking forward to having you know, all our counties up here. Um, and after this week, March 29th, I believe, is Miami Day Days. Oh, so. that's a great one. Good one. So we're excited for that the next couple of weeks. We're working hard up here in Tallahassee. Things are moving quickly. We are moving into week three. Yep. Come say hello. And I think that about wraps us up. Sarah, would you like to do the honors? Of course I would, Jared. And we got our famous quote by Theodore Roosevelt for the week. It is not the critic who counts, not the person who points out how the strong person stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the person who is actually in the arena. That is you all at home, you all up here, us in Tallahassee. We are fighting for you in our home role. I am ready to run through a brick wall right now, sir. <laughs> That's the spirit, Jared. That's the spirit. Well, happy St. Patty's Day to everyone. Stay safe out there. This has been Sarah and Jared with Fackish, and we are signing off. See you next week. See you next week.